Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Well, hi, everyone. It's Rodney and Michelle, and we are so honored to be a part of this exciting service online where we get to do church at home on this special occasion. And we're coming to you from our home, and we trust that you had a wonderful Christmas with your family. And many of you may even still be traveling or maybe out of town. And uh, we just want to say thank you. We really do appreciate you taking a few moments of your time and you might even be gathered with some friends or family watching this. And I think what we're going to be sharing today is going to be a great opportunity. I know for me personally, as we've been just kind of reflecting on the year of 2023 and even obviously like most of us are doing, preparing and laying the, laying the, the groundwork for the new year of 2024, I think it's just important for us just to push pause and before we just take off running into the new calendar year to really just take a moment and just take it all in and really just really leverage this moment that's we only get once a year right. to really make sure that we lay the foundation properly and effectively so that we can really experience all that God has for us in 2024. And I was challenged just recently. Um, I, in fact, I don't know, it was probably a couple of years ago, someone got uh, me as a gift, a copy of the John Maxwell. It's like his annual, um, it's his kind of like his planner that he has. It's a great tool and resource, but in his planner, his uh, yearly planner, he also has a place in the section, excuse me, at the beginning of the, of the book where it talks about uh, really just how you can leverage this moment right here in between one calendar year and before you jump into the next, kind of do what is re referred to as a year in review. And it really challenged me to kind of just take a few moments and reflect back on 2023. And he made some interesting comments. In fact, there's a statement that really stuck out to me, and it goes like this. Before we reach into the future, it's important that we reflect on our past. And sometimes we're really quick to just kind of bring closure to the past so we can just focus on the future. However, one of the other things that I, I learned is that reflection turns experiences into insight. So there's really a lot of wisdom that you can not only benefit from, but also wisdom that you can take with you into the new calendar year by just taking a few moments and reflecting back and doing some reflection and some introspection related to what God has done, lessons that we've learned, you know, from good things to challenging moments or seasons that we've walked through. But at the end of the day, we've, we've all walked through this year known as 2023. And I think it's important before we just push delete, I think it's important we really just highlight some things that we can really build upon and most importantly, give God praise and glory for in light of all that he has done in us and through us. I love the scripture in Psalm 103, verse two, that goes like this. Praise the Lord, my soul, and do not forget how kind he is. 
I think it's important that we realize that every good and perfect gift comes from above. And so when you think about all the amazing blessings that many of us have experienced in 2023, let's not forget that. Let's not yeah. take that for granted or take that lightly. And even through some of the painful experiences that maybe some of us have encountered, God can still turn all of that around even for the greater good. So God never wastes a hurt. He never wastes a pain in our lives. And he can even use that and leverage that in our lives that we can benefit from and grow from right. that we can bring into the new calendar year. That's the insight and the wisdom that we can glean from by just taking a few moments and looking back. So I've been reading another book that's uh, been somewhat interesting to me, and it's called um, uh, All It Takes is a Goal by a guy by the name of John Acuff. And he challenges you to do something, and he calls it your best moments list. So we were kind of talking about our best moments of 2023 and really kind of just breaking it down in two categories. And one of those is our personal lives. And we'd like to just, just share some of those with you as you maybe make your own best moments um, experience and writing those best moments down. Uh, as it relates to what happened in 2023. Won't you share, Michelle, yeah. some of those highlights for us? Yeah, so glad we, you guys joined us today. And it is great to look back um, to what God has done in our lives. We are, we move so quickly in our world that, you know, this is kind of one of the only moments of the year that everybody together pretty much slows down mm -hmm. and you can do this. So um, some of our best moments of 23 that we've been thinking about is when we, we focus obviously on our, our family, our children, our church, our church family. There's so many wonderful things to really think about and be grateful for and our daughter Ashlyn, um, who is our second child, and she actually graduated with her second degree this year in nursing and graduated from Liberty University and moved with her husband Dylan to Dallas, Texas. They actually got to live with my mom for almost a full year, which was super cool because my dad recently passed away. So, blessing on both sides for them and um, Ashlyn and Dylan got to buy their first home this year, which was super cool. And we are so excited. Ashlyn <laughs> is pregnant uh, yes. with our second grandson. Awesome. And we can't tell the name yet. That's so right. excited for you to hear the name. It will be Instagram so obvious proof. when you hear it. <laughs> but I could not guess it. But when she said it, I was like, oh, yes, it's such a great name. Um, and then our daughter, Becca, which is our oldest daughter, she was pregnant this past year and had our first grandson, um, Rhodes Rodney and he is yes we my, we have several Rodneys in the family he was born in October and it's such an exciting time a year we will never forget and she's just an amazing mother Daniel our son-in-law is just such a great father and just so much fun to watch them and and then our son Luke um, who turned 23 and 23 and he is a singer songwriter in Nashville and just grown so much. I've uh, been there for two years now and, and just grown so much and just so much to celebrate in the life of our family and so much to be thankful for and also in the life of our church yeah. and, and, and you, your personal um, 
career as a writer and author, some things that you've done as well that you can share. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, we do what we do as a church for one reason, that's to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. It's been cool to see nearly 200 people personally give their lives to Jesus Christ just through our weekend worship experiences. And so that's been an amazing thing. And as of the recording of this uh, video, it's been awesome to see what God has done on a generous level as a church, just seeing what we were able to accomplish, being able to raise um, over $400,000 in about 90 days to help yeah, go towards amazing. the closing of yes. our uh, now uh, new church property. Very and exciting. so stoked about that and more to come on that in the new calendar year, which we're certainly looking forward to. Way to go. Our yes. So anyway, it's been Let's incredible. That's huge. Have a huge win. Absolutely. Yes. And what's even, I think, kind of the cherry on top because of the generous folks that we have at Rethink Life and so many people we, who just, you know, just they wanted to see us accomplish this milestone. But what's been cool is that even on top of all that, as of today, we will have given nearly $70,000 outside of our church just to help be a blessing, to help support other organizations and ministries and missionaries and really just continuing the, the cause of the, the good news of Jesus Christ, spreading it globally, nationally, and even right here in our local community. So it's been amazing just in that alone. It's been an incredible year. So we give God all the glory for what he has done and all that we're believing God is going to continue to do in the new calendar year of 2024. So with some of those highlights, you know, just again, taking a moment to reflect back, we also want to look ahead. And what's awesome is to know how you really finish one season really helps shape the beginning of a new season. Yeah. And so uh, another line that I, I heard from John Maxwell one time, he said, here is the bookends of success. He said, all is well that begins well and all is well that finishes well. So I think it's important that, you know what, one of the opportunities that we have is to bring closure to 2023 by giving praise to God for who He is, for all that He's accomplished, really what we've learned, what we've overcome, you know, what God has taught us in this season, but how that's also going to prepare us as we begin a new season of 2024. So today, what we want to do just for a few moments, and I really want to encourage you to maybe get uh, a notepad or if you prefer to maybe you got your iPad or whatever, jot down some notes. And we're going to talk about four specific questions. And I think it's really important to process and to really take some time, set aside some time on an individual basis. Obviously, if you're, as a married couple, you may even want to talk through these four questions together. If your kids are old enough, you may want to just have a family gathering and work, work through these questions together as a family because they really are questions that are very thought provoking to kind of help us grow and really focus our lives even more in the coming year. And what's cool about these four questions, this isn't just some hype that we've come up with, okay, from some, you know, um, you know, inspirational, motivational speaker. No, these are right out of the Word of God. And it's an incredible conversation and experience that Jesus had with a blind man by the name of Bartimaeus. And so I want to begin, and I would encourage you, if you have your Bibles, and of course it'll be there uh, on the screen, 
but it's in uh, the book of Mark, Mark chapter 10. And I'm going to begin reading from verse 46 and following. And here's what it says. Then they reached Jericho. And this is Jesus and his disciples. They were they were basically on their way to Jerusalem. It was a big festival. It was the Passover celebration. And so literally thousands of people were, were coming from everywhere on their way to Jerusalem. So Jesus and his disciples are now passing through the city known as Jericho. We've been there before. It's really an amazing, amazing experience. And it says, as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus was sitting beside the road. And when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout. And he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But notice the crowd said, be quiet, as they all yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. And when Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. And so he took his coat, he jumped up and he came to Jesus. And here's what Jesus asked him. He says, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, my rabbi, the blind man said, he said, I want to see. And notice carefully. And Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. This is a fascinating story. And what's really cool about this particular story and really this miracle, Jesus had a lot of miracles. He performed a lot of miracles and you see these miracles and read about these miracles in the New Testament. And Jesus healed a lot of blind people. But Bartimaeus is the only blind individual that we know by name in the New Testament. So there's something obviously unique to Bartimaeus in his story that we can benefit from as it relates to these questions that we're going to be processing. So here's the first question. The first question is this, where am I? It's a very important question for you to even ask yourself, where am I? And the reason why that's such an important question is because before you know exactly where you need to go, you need to first understand where you are. Now think about that for a moment, because as it relates to Bartimaeus, well, Bartimaeus, he was sidelined. He was blind. He couldn't see. In, in those days, beggars did what only be beggars could do just to simply survive. And that was to ask people for help. And so it was a it was really just a survival mode for Bartimaeus to ask for any kind of help and assistance just so the fact that he could survive. So obviously he was a human being just like anybody else. He had hopes and dreams and aspirations and things that he desired to experience in his life. But yet he he had to even understand for himself where he was. And it was the fact that he couldn't see he was blind physically. He was impaired. And so when you think about it, all of a sudden, this blind man has a radical encounter with Jesus. So here you see Jesus one moment asking, you know, the question to, you know, Bartimaeus, you know, what can I do for you? And here Bartimaeus is literally sitting beside the road. And the next thing you know, it as you continue to read this passage of scripture, He's not only healed, but now he's following Jesus down the road. <laughs> so a radical shift that suddenly began to take place in his life. So here he was blind and all of a sudden he experiences this amazing encounter. 
But in before he could experience this encounter, he had to first understand exactly where he was. And I think it's important that we realize that some of us, maybe we can relate to that in the fact that where we currently are, maybe in the state that we're in, maybe physically, emotionally, relationally, financially, maybe even our spiritual life, maybe we feel like we've been sidelined. Maybe we're not where we could be or we're not where we should be. Maybe we're living with some some regrets. Maybe things just didn't go as we'd hoped or planned in 2023. And so it's important, once again, for you to realize where you are. It's kind of like going to the mall. You know, you know, when you go into the mall, one of the main entrances and a lot of times right at the right at the beginning of the, the main entrance of the mall, they'll have this big map and it'll say, you know, as you go up, you're trying to find out like where Macy's is or where Foot Locker is or whatever. And depending on where you enter in the mall, you go to the map and it'll have like this little red dot and it'll say you are here. Well, you have to kind of know where you are in context when it comes to ultimately where you're trying to go. And so when it comes to our lives and when it comes to learning this principle of asking the question, where am I? We have to know and understand that maybe there are some things that are holding us back. And as a result, we feel stuck. And because of that, maybe there are some adjustments or some changes that we need to make in our lives. But we can't really make those adjustments or changes in our lives until we first admit and acknowledge the fact that maybe we aren't in a place where we could be or should be, and as a result, we're somewhat paralyzed or impaired, especially on a spiritual level. And so that's one of the first questions in the Bible, when you think about it, is the question, where are you? That's exactly where, where, where Adam and Eve were. And when God asked Adam there in the garden after he had sinned, what had happened? God confronted Adam and asked him, where are you? And it's, it's not because God needed to know where Adam was. God is all knowing. He's sovereign. Sovereign. He knew exactly where Adam was. But what God wanted to know is if Adam knew where he was, if Adam really knew the condition of his own soul in his own life. And what did Adam say? He said he hid. And why did he hide? Because he was afraid. And a lot of us, maybe we have found ourselves maybe somewhat isolated. Maybe for some of us, we've been in a place of maybe fear because maybe we don't want to tell somebody, you know, where we are spiritually or emotionally or mentally in our lives. Maybe we're afraid of some people learning or understanding maybe just the depth of struggles that we're currently going through right now. But we can't get to where we need to go until we first acknowledge where we are. And so one of the things that I just want to share with you before we go on to the next question, and I think this is really an important question for you to ask yourself, and that is, where am I right now spiritually in my life? I mean, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being awesome, <laughs> close, intimate with the Lord, and one not being so great, distant from the Lord? Where are you in your spiritual life? What about your relationships? If you're married, what about you and your spouse? What about you and your kids if you have children? What about your friendships, people, community, connections in your life? What about financially? Where are you in your financial situation? How about in your health physically? You know, there's endless questions that we need to think about 
But specifically, I think it's important for us to pinpoint where are we in some of the most important areas of our lives. And I love what Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24 says, God, I invite you and I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through and find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there is any path of pain I'm walking on. And notice, and lead me back to your glorious everlasting way, the path that brings me back to you. I think that's such a powerful and such a life-giving verse of scripture to us because it invites God into our very soul. And basically what we're doing is we're just humbling ourselves before God and say, God, would you show me where I am? Would you help me understand just exactly what state I'm in so that I can ultimately get to where I desire to go? And that is ultimately closer and more intimate into God's presence. And so with that, that's question number one, and that is, where am I? Question number two is, who am I listening to? So make sure you're writing these down. So where am I? And number two is, who am I listening to? And why that question is so important is because who we listen to influences mm. where we go in life, yeah. where we end up in life. This is a huge question. I know you know that it's important. But sometimes we can so easily rush through our days, through our weeks, through our months, and through our years, and not take a minute and listen and think about who we're actually listening to. And this is um, showed to us in this story with Bartimaeus, and which is so interesting about him when you think about him being blind. Can you imagine being blind, seeing nothing, well, what you lean so heavily on is what you hear and what you listen to. And you just can be put yourself in his shoes for just a moment, maybe even close your eyes and be in the darkness for a second. And, and maybe even in your life, as you were talking, Rodney, I was thinking about so many are sitting in darkness, though, really, truly, spiritually or emotionally, um, mentally sitting in darkness right now. And I just want to remind you that there is a voice speaking to you, someone that loves you and may, you may feel completely alone, but there is somebody there and his name is Jesus. And he has, he's speaking to you and you can hear clearly. Sometimes in the darkness, we can clearly hear some things. Yeah. And, um, but back to the story of Bartimaeus uh, in Mark 10, 47, 48, when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me. Be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. It was, it was interesting that because he, he heard that Jesus was nearby. He, he couldn't see him. He knew there was a commotion going on, but he heard that he was nearby. And so who is it that is the loudest voice in our life? I know the crowd was loud in his life and, and the crowd was so loud that he had to yell above the crowd. <laughs> and he said uh, the crowd was saying, be quiet. But he was saying, son of God, have mercy on me. And we need to really take a second and and 
and look at our friendships in our life and, and take a friend in Tori. So whose, whose voice is the loudest in your life? Maybe just right there on that paper, maybe write one through five and, and who are the loudest voices in your life? Who are you allowing to speak into your life? Maybe it's uh, a certain person or people, um, that speaks into your life personally, or maybe as a parent, somebody that's speaking into your life, you're allowing to speak into your life as a mentor to you. And, and who actually is that? Hmm. Who are you listening to? Um, maybe in financially, you're, you're listening to some voices in your life. Well, who are they? And, and, and do they have a spiritual background to what they're saying to you? Is, is it based on the truth, the word of God? The word of God is never changing in our lives. We call it our true north. It is our compass in life. It is the one thing that never changes and true is a true north on a compass. It, it's always north, no matter what state you're in, no matter what country you're in, no matter if you're out in the ocean or you're on the dry land, it's always north. The compass always shows north. Mm. In our life, the Bible, the word of God is the truth that never changes. It is our true north. So the people that speak into our life, it's so important that they are basing their true north, their truth, their compass is based on the word of God. The truth of God's word yeah. is so very important. So as we take that friend in Tori, one through five, who is it that's speaking maybe relationally into our life? What's the voice we hear? Is it, uh, is it social media that, that we're looking at? Does, are we spending a lot of time hearing the voice of the crowd in our lives? Is it, uh, what, who is it? What is it that we're listening to? The Bible says that Abraham, it was said that he was a friend of God. Mm. Can you imagine that he would, had so much faith that he was a friend of God? I pray in my life, and I know this is what you would desire in your life as well, that number one on that list, that I'm a friend, and my friend is, is God. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit that lives with inside of me. If we're a Christian, the Bible says that Jesus, God left his, the Holy Spirit with us when Jesus went back to be with the Father after he had resurrected from the dead, was here on earth. He left with us a gift, and it's the Holy Spirit that guides us. He's our counselor. He's our comforter. He can be our number one friend, mm -hmm. and, and he needs to be because that he, he is the Word. Inside of him dwells the word so he can reveal things to us that nobody else can. But who is who are we listening to our, in our life? Because the crowd, uh, well, the Bible also tells us that it, it's God's voice can be a, a still small whisper. You know, it talks about the wind and the loud noises in our life. But it says the, that God's voice is the still small whisper that that the prophet heard. Be still, listen to the voice of God in your life and look at who you are listening to. Some friends that I have in my life, I'm so thankful for. When I get on the phone with them or I get a text message from them, they encourage me. They inspire me to be better. They, they tell me, they call out who I am. I'm a daughter of the King and highly favored and blessed. They say these things to me and, you know, it sounds kind of crazy and maybe over the top, but I'd rather have that kind of voice in my life than negativity mm. and, um, uh, 
things that would pull me down yeah. when it comes to my calling on my life to be all that God's called me to be for such a time as this, or to be the mother that God's called me to be, to be now the grandmother that God has called me to be. I need voices that, that give me encouragement, (laughs) that, that call out the truth in my life. So who's speaking into your life? Cause the crowd, they can shout, but God's voice sometimes is a whisper and we got to listen closely. The crowd can interrupt as they were in Bartimaeus's life. They're trying to interrupt him and, and not allow him to hear the voice of God. But Jesus invites us. The crowd can waffle. It can sway from one day to the next. I mean, what we hear and see in social media, it can change from one day to the next is what's right and what's wrong. But like I said, the word of God, it it never sways. It never wavers. Jesus's voice never changes. It's always the same. And the crowd only cares about itself, honestly. But Jesus cares about me. He cares about you. He has our best interests in mind. In fact, the Bible says that he's gone before us. He knows the way ahead of us. The Bible says that he has great plans for us and we can trust him and we can know that he is guiding us and directing us on that path that you were talking about when it talks about that scripture in Psalms. So beautiful. I love it so much. So the crowd only cares for itself. But Jesus cares about you and I. Mm. So we got to take a moment to stop and listen to his voice and to the vote to and realize what voices we're listening to in our lives. So that's number two. Who am I listening to? Number three, the question we need to ask is, what do I want? That's that's what Jesus asked Bartimaeus. What do what do you want in your life? Mark 10, 51 and 52 he says, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. And he said, my rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. Mm. He knew exactly what he wanted. No question. Yeah, one thing. I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. (laughs) So what an incredible story. So awesome. He knew exactly where he was and the voice he was listening to, and he knew exactly what he wanted in his life. He needed a radical shift in his life. I don't know about you, but as you reflect um, on 23 and you look forward to 24, what is it that you want in your life? Can you take just a moment to really think about what it is that you truly, the deep desires of your heart? I know that we're all in different seasons of life and you may be um, in your 20s, like like our, our children, maybe your young 20s, like our son. And, and the things that you want in life may be different. Maybe it's a spouse that God has for you. That, that's the thing that you truly desire and want right now is a godly spouse, somebody that you can walk alongside. Or maybe you're in your 30s, maybe your parent that you just really want wisdom to raise your children. What is it that you truly want in life? Maybe your 40s or your 50s. And, you truly just want to make a difference at this point in your life. What What is it that, that you truly want in life? Maybe it's something from your past that you need healing from. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a stray daughter or son that has walked away from not only God, but from you. Mm. What is it that you truly want in life? Your desire for them to come back, mm. to come home, to relationship with God and with you. 
maybe the greatest desire of your heart, or maybe it's a friendship that's gone sideways and, and there's nothing that you can do. You've done everything you know to do. And God is saying, standing right there saying, what is it that you want? You can ask me for it. Ask me for it. Believe in your heart. And God can do the impossible. And let's pray that he does it this year. So specifically, write down under that number three, what is it that you want? What is it specifically that you can pray for this year? Not just think about, not just hope for and wish for, but specifically say, God, I'm praying that you will bring my daughter back into relationship with me. I'm praying. These are some friends that I'm praying for right now that their daughter has walked away from them and they're desiring to have that relationship specifically that she would come home and be in relationship with them. The greatest desire of their heart mm. that and some people are asking for their children to to be saved yeah. Ask specifically every day when you think of it, when you think of them or write it down and pray it every single day that God would do the thing that seems impossible in your life. And He will. He will. Sometimes it doesn't look exactly like we thought it would look. But that is God at work in our life. And God can use the pain and the difficulties. And like you were talking about at the beginning, Rodney, that sometimes it's not what we thought it would be. And maybe we're asking God, help me to grow in my life this year. Well, sometimes growth can be challenging, and most of the time it is. But that's the desire of our heart is to grow. So God, give me the strength to grow. Give me the power to grow. I need extraordinary power this year, God, in my life to become the woman of God that you call me to be, to become the father that you've called me to be, to become the friend that I need to be. I need your extraordinary power, power on my ordinary right now, God. I need you in my life specifically to work a miracle in my life and in my life. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 10, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Sometimes we don't know what to pray, but that's the thing we can pray. God, your kingdom come, your will be done in this relationship, in this situation, in my job situation, my financial situation, your will be done in my life this year. And God will answer your prayer. So good. So these are huge questions. Number one, where am I? Number two, what voices am I listening to? Number three, what is it that I really, truly want and desire? And then number four, and this is so important, and this is what we leave this story with when it comes to the encounter that Jesus and Bartimaeus had with one another. And that is, when will I take action? Because notice what it says, and the story ends in verse 52 there in Mark 10. He said, instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. So Bartimaeus, after he experienced his miracle, he didn't sit there and just say, wow, okay, now what am I going to do next? <laughs> his life was so radically changed, and he obviously knew because he had just had encountered Jesus. So at one point he couldn't see Jesus. All he could do is hear Jesus. Mm -hmm. But now he heard him. Now he saw him face to face. Mm -hmm. He was in the very presence of God. Mm -hmm. And he really recognized that. But here's what's awesome. What's awesome is his miracle literally set his life into motion. Mm -hmm. And he literally picked up 
and he started following Jesus and became a part of the movement that impacted so many. So the question really is, when are you going to take action? When are we going to take action? You know, the best time to take action is now. You know, you know, as a parent, you know, when you ask your children to do something, you know, uh, the best time for obedience is when? It's now, right? <laughs> you, you know, God's not in heaven playing the one, two, three game with us. Okay, I'm going to count the three. You know, No, he wants us to step out in faith, even though we don't know what the future looks like. Barnabas didn't know what his future looked like. But at the end of the day, he just trusted the one who had performed the miracle in his life. And I think that's really all we can do is just trust God for the next step. Trust God to be God in 2024 for all the unknowns, the what ifs, the things that we can't see, things we can't predict. We have no idea what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. And so we put our trust in his care and we literally surrender 2024 into the hands of God. And we say, okay, God, this is where we are. These are the voices and the voice, most important voice that we're going to listen to rather than listening to all of the talking heads and the influencers and all the people, the so-called experts out there. What we're going to do is we're going to listen to God's voice, the voice of wisdom and God's 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 will is found in his word. That's how we find wisdom is through the word of God. He's our true north. God's word is our true north. And what we're going to do is we're going to not only listen to his voice, But then we're going to just trust God and we're going to ask him to give us the desires of our heart. Tell him specifically what it is that we want to see him do in and through our lives. And then let's start now. Let's start now. So let's take action today because tomorrow actually starts today. (laughs) So let's apply these four questions into our lives before we turn physically the calendar page to the new year of 2024. Let's take a moment. Let's reflect back. Let's take a moment. Learn what it is that God wants to show us, reveal to us as we discover and do some retrospective of where we are in our lives so that ultimately we can take the necessary steps to get us to where we desire to go in the new calendar year. So we trust this has been helpful and practical and challenging to you at the same time. And Michelle and I would like just to close our time in prayer as we wrap up our our time together. And let's just pray for God's continued favor, his blessings and provision on our lives and that his will truly will be done and accomplished in us and through us in the new calendar year. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to be able to come into Uh, the homes and to the lives of those that are listening and watching. And Lord, we just pray that these four questions, where am I? Who am I listening to? What do I want? What action will I take? Uh, When will I take those next steps? Lord, may all of these things inspire us and challenge us to think long and hard about some important areas of our life where we really just go deeper, where we just really in in our soul, we just really just ask ourselves some hard questions about where are we and what changes do we need to make and simply humble ourselves and ask you, God, to show us and reveal to us, Lord, that path into your presence. So, Lord, we pray that today, that, Lord, that we'll not only draw closer to you, but if there are those here today who may not know you, I can't even imagine 
having living living life of however many years and not having a relationship with you, only knowing about you, but not knowing you intimately and personally. And I pray if there is somebody listening or watching, Lord, I ask that today, and if there are those of you who do not know where you stand in your relationship with Jesus, would you make this moment right here, right now, before we go into the new calendar year, just solidify the most important decision. It literally is everything. Because, because we're talking about eternity. Would you just pray this prayer in your heart? And today, just invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You can pray something like this. Just say, dear God, I, I thank you for this divine moment, this, this opportunity to hear these questions. And where I am right now is I am lost and in need of you. So by faith, Jesus, I believe that you died for me and you came back to life. And today I confess my sin to you and I invite you into my life to be my Lord and Savior. From this day forward, take control of my life as I seek to live my life daily for you. We pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, I pray that today, if you happen to have prayed that prayer with us, would you do me a huge favor? Would you just take your phone and just text the words RTL Jesus? That's it, just RTL Jesus to the number 97,000. We would love to send you some information to help you start building on that solid foundation for the new calendar year, to help you grow and become all that God desires for you to be. And then Michelle and I, we're just praying for God's continued favor and blessings on your life, yes. on your family, your marriage, your children, and really that God will give you the desires of your heart, that 2024, will be your best year yet. Hey, we love you guys. We can't wait to meet back together and gather together in person in the new calendar year. And until then, have a wonderful, happy new year. Enjoy the celebrations and spend time with those great friends and family. We love you guys. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.